Hello, and welcome to today's episode of The Pig in Parlor. Today is Friday, December 24th, 2021, and I am your host, Maximilian Pensord, but you can call me Max. Here in this podcast, we explore a variety of things related to paganism. At this point, I would like to give a notice and reminder that paganism is a broad term that envelops many different pantheons and belief systems, and as such, this podcast will be focused on paganism as a whole and not on any specific branch of it. Each episode contains a short lesson on a stone or metal, a pagan promotion segment, a story, myth, or legend, a segment I like to call Keeping Up with the Christians, which you will hopefully find amusing as well as informative on what the Christians are up to lately, and an audience Q&A segment. Now, since we are all busy people, we'll jump straight in with a quick ritual. This ritual is intended to join the energies of the listeners in with the energies of the host, as well as the same in reverse, as well as some basic protections for, against the ill intentions of others. I will now light the candle, and as I do so, I invite all beings of good energy and good intent into the ritual space. Humans and gods and goddesses alike, spirits and the fae, come and join together in good nature and to play. Come old, come young, come scarred and burned, it matters not, there's a lesson to be learned. Come in good faith and you will be safe, but come with ill intent and your mind shall get bent. Bring us together in storms and good weather, Keep us from pain and from those who are sane. For the harm of none and the good of many, we call to the gods, and they are many. Blessed are we, so mote it be. This week, the stone suggested for research by our designated stone selector, Kip, from the Sorcerer's Guild on Facebook, is Jasper. As such, let's get ready to learn something magical. This week's lesson uses information that comes from ravencrystals.com and wikipedia.org. Jasper is formed through the microgranular combination of chalcedony, quartz, and other mineral traces. It is opaque and impure variety of silica that can come in red, brown, yellow, green, and sometimes even blue. This stone is commonly used as a gemstone or for ornamentation and rates between a 6.5 and a 7 on the hardness scale. The stone has been used to create tools as far back as the 4th and 5th millennium BCE. In a metaphysical sense, purple and mauve jasper are associated with the crown chakra, blue with the throat chakra, green with the heart chakra, yellow with the solar plexus, red with the root chakra, and blue and red for the sacral chakra. It is also associated with the zodiac sign of the Leo and is known for nurturing and supporting energies with which help to balance and ground out your energies as well as aligning the physical, emotional, and mental bodies. Each of the different colors of Jasper have different properties, much like how they are aligned to different chakra points. We don't have time to get too in-depth in all of them, but really quickly, Blue Jasper is good for connecting with the spirit world and recovering from degenerative diseases. Brown Jasper is connected with the earth and grants stability and balance. Green Jasper helps with diseases and re to release obsessions. Red Jasper is good for strength and balance as well as improving vitality over time. Yellow Jasper is good for protection during travel as well as promoting healthy digestion 
Black Jasper is great for grounding and is a good for facing challenges with integrity. And there are many other types of Jasper as well, so if you want to learn more, you're going to have to do some research individually. Much as with citrine, labradorite, and others, Jasper contains silica, and you don't want silicosis. I don't think I even need to repeat it at this point, but don't be a dumbass and grind cutter file Jasper without breathing equipment. Not being able to breathe because of silica dust in your lungs would really suck. Next, we have our Pagan Promotions section. Herein, I will highlight one person of interest, celebrity, or Pagan-owned business per week. Information for this week's Pagan Promotions section comes from beliefnet.com and wikipedia.org. This week, we are talking about a famous Pagan that many of you may know from her TV series, which was named after her, Roseanne Barr. Roseanne is an American actress, comedian, writer, and producer. She started out in comedy and then became a hit alongside the sitcom that shared her name. Now, there was some controversy regarding a very racist tweet that she made back in 2018, but I think we can honestly say that none of us have never said anything that we later regretted or once we learned to be better people. That being said, good, bad, or indifferent, Roseanne is reported in an article on beliefnet.com in the year 2000 to be a believer in the goddess's... Uh, spirituality, which she may, while she may have been born into Judaism, her belief in the goddess makes her undeniably one of our own, even if she is racist and, at the least, a former supporter of Donald Trump. The next section is on stories, myths, and legends. In this portion of the podcast, I will retell a legend, myth, or story related to the gods, magic, or anything else I feel to be paganism related. Information for today's story comes from phspirits.com and from the book titled The Book of Souls by Gilbert Yan. The story is titled Tan Mulong and comes from the Philippine tradition. Now because of how confusing the story from the Philippine tradition was last time, and due to the request of one of the listeners... I decided to find a little bit of background information regarding the soul within the Philippine folklore. And before we get into the meat of the story, we'll learn a little bit about that. According to the soul book, the human soul has two existences. One that exists connected to the body and its life, and the other spiritual and existing all on its own, without need to be connected to the body. It gives details about how due to shock, the soul can leave the body, causing a person to continue to live for a while but to be without senses, much like a boat without a rudder. Also, while a spiritual soul does not need to be connected to the physical body, it does require sustenance regardless, and so if one goes to bed hungry, their soul may leave their body in the form of an insect or small animal in order to search for food. In addition to this, it is possible for one's spiritual soul to be forcibly removed from the body and held prisoner by bad spirits known as the Enkantu. Today's story is a story of just such an event. This is the story of Tan Mulong. The wind was in a playful mood, being in a part of the coast to which she rarely went and was feeling adventurous. She began to playfully push her gusts and breezes along the water, causing ripples as they passed along, which caused her to smile and dance dizzyingly along the sands of the beach. 
Suddenly, as she danced along, she stopped. There was a feeling that she was utterly unused to. There was a place where her gusts and breezes did not reach. As such, the wind got herself together and approached a cave along the shore, which was quite unassuming. As she approached, she felt something strange. There were spirits in this cave, but there were far too many of them to be counted. Curiosity overtook her, and so she stepped inside. As soon as she did so, she was met by a cacophony of voices, screaming out, Help us! Save us! I can't find my mommy! I don't know where I am! I'm so frightened! The voices screamed out. All of a sudden, another voice cuts through the others harshly, simply yelling out, Enough! And then there was quiet. The wind was now looking at what appeared to be an elderly human, but she was not so fooled, seeing that he was a powerful spirit, which was made stronger by stealing the lives of others. "'I hope they didn't bother you, miss,' he said in greeting to her. "'No, I was not bothered,' responded the wind. "'May I know with whom I am speaking?' "'I am Tan Mulong,' he said, "'and it is an honor to welcome you to my humble cave.' The wind was feeling stifled, and did not wish to remain much longer, and so she said, I am just passing through. I really must be on my way. But unfortunately, Tan Mulong said, I really must insist, as he slipped a rope around her neck and tied it there. I am certain that you will find the company here most pleasant. She tried to move, to get away, to escape from Tan Mulong in his cave that stifled her gusts and breezes, but it was to no avail. Some force held her paralyzed, and she could not escape. The wind looked around at the cave she was in, and the captive spirits that covered every inch of it, now fully realizing her folly. She and her fellow prisoners could not help but to hear Tan Mulong's next words. A wind spirit. That will make a great addition to my collection. I'll place you next to the Lullets. That was the story of Tan Mulong. Next week, we'll have a story from the Babylonian mythos. But for now, it's time to move on to the next segment. Now let's move on to the next segment, which I like to call Keeping Up with the Christians. In this segment, I take a look at what the Christians are doing lately and dissect it from a non-Christian's point of view. Part of this is just a report on their goings-on, and part of it's just making fun of them, so I hope you enjoy it. This week in Keeping Up with the Christians. According to an article on worldpoliticsreview.com, four months ago, over a thousand unmarked graves were located in various locations across Canada in regions near where the Catholic residential schools were located starting around the mid-19th century and continuing into the early 20th century. It then goes on to talk about how during that time period, more than 150,000 indigenous children were separated from their families and forced into a network of over 130 boarding schools run by the Catholic churches with the idea to civilize the native peoples and force assimilization. Now, in another article on cbc.ca, it is discussed how the Catholic Church 
promised to raise funds for the victims of this crime and their families. But then they went on to say that $30 million is as much as they will be able to raise for this cause. Meanwhile, $300 million was designated by them for the restoration of churches and cathedrals within Canada. The deadline originally given to release further details about the fundraiser was to be in November, and yet presently they are stalling and have made no progress on releasing a detailed plan, let alone beginning to raise money for the affected peoples. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that raising $30 million to help the victims of your predecessors is a great thing, except for the fact that if each of those 150,000 separated individuals or their descendants were to receive that money, it would only amount to about $200 per individual. Now, they're stating that rebuilding the churches and cathedrals is worth 10 times the amount of money that they have promised in reparations, and then they cut that check immediately while making those who had, they had previously wronged wait, while for a quantity of money that's more a slap in the face than anything else. Signed a $300 million check immediately for restorations, but they're dilly-dallying about a $30 million check. They have basically stated that as long as 100 years passes, kidnap and genocide are only worth $200 a person, and they can take their time about paying it. And make no mistake, having an entire generation of a native people assimilate into another culture would effectively kill off the culture that was being forced to assimilate. Genocide is not always killing people by the millions, although it seems that they have killed people at least by the thousands here. In other news, an article on vaticannews.va states that a bishop in Northern Ireland is upset because of the rejection of an abortion bill that would have made it illegal for women to get an abortion solely on the basis of the child having a disability that is not life-threatening, such as Down syndrome. Now, you have all heard my opinion on abortion access before. There is no good time to take control of the bodies of others, and making access to a needed medical procedure illegal is only going to cause people to die from black market medical treatments. More specifically to this, the argument that they are making is that this type of abortion is discriminatory against individuals with disabilities by making their lives less valuable than able-bodied persons. This is absolutely stupid. Once an individual is born, they have every right to live whether they have a disability or not. That being said, the concept that it's discriminatory against those that do not want others to struggle and suffer as they do is laughable. That's like saying we should encourage people to amputate limbs in order to not discriminate against amputees by trying to keep all of our other limbs in good working order. Finally, according to yet another article on VaticanNews.va, Pope Francis reportedly told a woman who was the victim of domestic violence that it was satanic to attack someone who cannot defend themselves. Now, in and of itself, this would seem like a good thing. There are a few things I would like to point out. First, most Satanists that I've met are actually very kind people who conform to the law of doing what they will while harming none. This means that the act of committing domestic abuse is altogether not Satanic and seems to be a Christian thing, as discussed in Deuteronomy 25.11, which tells you that if your wife reaches over and grabs another man's junk in order to defend you in a fight. You two are fighting, she reaches over and grabs him by the dick to help you not die. What you should do in that instance is to cut off the hand that she used 
in order to grab that other man's junk and save your life. Additionally, there are Christian websites like BiblicalGenderRoles.com, which not only trounce all over the concept of the trans community, but they also try to use the Bible to justify such things as disciplining your wife and owning her as property. I don't think anyone in this day and age needs to be told why it's bad to consider other people as property, regardless of familiar bonds or legal ones. Seriously, when are people going to learn that any kind of domestic violence is simply bad, and calling something satanic just because it's bad is just being rude to all the kind of good-hearted Satanists out there? Well, that's it for Keeping Up with the Christians for today. Tune in next week and find out the latest Christian drama. Now it's time for audience Q&A. This week, I didn't receive any questions to be answered on the podcast. To anyone who wants to chime in, if you have any questions, leave a comment or suggestion or content suggestions or even just want to send me a death threat because you're a butthurt Christian and can't stand to hear me talk and smack about your religion, please feel free to send them to me at paganparlor1313 at gmail.com. After all, the Christian God is just a slave master, sky wizard, not very nice person who's too jealous to admit that there are other gods. If you don't like it, send me an email, paganparlor1313 at gmail.com. That's all I have for today. Links to the podcast will be posted in the Sorcerer's Guild and Pagan Daily News groups on Facebook. Thanks to gracious permissions from group admins in both groups. Also, if you haven't yet, make sure to check out the Pagan Parlor Facebook page as well as the Pagan Parlor Facebook group, as well as to stay up to date on current episodes and discuss their comments with other listeners as well as myself. Thank you for tuning into the Pagan Parlor. Finally, I'd like to say one last time that any questions, comments, suggestions, or death threats can be sent to paganparlor1313 at gmail.com. The whole of the law shall be do as thou wilt, but harm none. Blessed be, and don't forget to blow out your candles. Whew.